I'm reading from Genesis 22, one of my favorite stories. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went up together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar and there arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket, or bush, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. So what does it mean to have God as our Father? And... Uh, Last week, we uh, learned that Jesus taught us that God was our Father, our Heavenly Father. And uh, before Jesus, uh, no one would have prayed that way or would have talked that way, God being their Father. If you read your uh, Old Testament, the Jewish people, the king would claim God as his Father, but the people would not claim that. And if you think through the gods of the Greeks or the Egyptians... Uh, the gods really weren't interested in people at all. And uh, so you would not go to the temple and expect to have the God care about what was happening in your life. But Jesus taught us that it's something different. We have a heavenly Father who wants to have a relationship with us, a close relationship with us, and he cares about what's going on in our lives, and he cares enough that he wants to uh, bring us into his family, and he does that. And uh, so this is uh, just another place. This is James, the brother of Jesus. And uh, I could have gone to the Apostle Paul. He speaks of God as our Father. Or Luke, the writer of the Gospel, he speaks of God as our Father. Or Peter, uh, the Apostle, speaks of God as our Father. But here's James, and uh, this is what he writes in verses 16 through 18. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. 
Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. And I want to just draw four points to your attention and then close with the story from Genesis. First of all, um, notice our father is an alien. He's from a, he's from a different planet. He is our heavenly father. And uh, I'm, always, I'm always amazed, almost every week you hear something about life on other planets or trying to find life on other planets or trying to find life somewhere in the universe. This past week it was, maybe we found life on Mars. Uh, truthfully, as Christians, we believe an alien from somewhere other than this world has been communicating to us here in this place, in, on this world, and it is our Heavenly Father. He is not from this world. And yet, we talk to Him, and He communicates back to us. He's given us His Word. In fact, we would believe as Christians that there are angels. They're not from this world. They're here today. And evil spirits here today. Uh, notice what he says about our Heavenly Father. Um, he has supernatural abilities. And uh, in this case, he says, he, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the Heavenly Lights. Uh, the Father of the Heavenly Lights, so great he owns the universe. Not only is he an alien, he's heavenly, he's the maker and the owner of the universe. He's the Father of the of lights. Maybe that means he is light and there's no darkness in him at all. Secondly, notice our Father does good things for us. Every good and perfect gift is from above. And Jesus taught us that in prayer. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God does great things for us when we ask him in prayer. He is the giver of good gifts. It's great to have my father here today sitting right in the middle. And uh, I must admit, there were times that he did things in my life, and I go, I'm not sure I like what I'm getting. It was always for my good, always for my benefit. And James says, Jesus says, if your father, though he's evil... Now, my father's not evil, but he's not perfect. <laughs> if he knows how to give me good gifts all of the time, imagine what my heavenly father will do. One of the incredible uh, answers to prayer that Joanne and I have had in our lives is uh, uh, one time uh, someone from London that I had known 
I, I had known in college came down to Sarnia. And he drove to Sarnia, and he came to the church here, and he says, he says, I've got a job for somebody in your church who wants it. That was Toe Blake Roy. Dad, you remember him? And he came, and he says, I've got a job for somebody. And I, we, we looked around, and we couldn't find anybody. I couldn't find anybody who wanted this job. So I phoned Joanne up, and I said, Toe Blake Roy came from London. I hadn't seen him in years. And he says he's got a job for somebody. And Joanne says, Joanne said, listen, I've been vacuuming my house right now, praying that God would get me a job that would fit around your job. And here was the perfect job, mornings uh, before I went to work, and then evenings after I came home, but before I had to go out in the evening. The perfect job came, uh, just an answer to prayer immediately like that comes from our Heavenly Father who gives good gifts to us. Number three, our Heavenly Father does not change. You can count on Him. Notice, every, every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He's immutable. He does not change. I remember once doing something with my dad, and I can't remember what it was. All I could think of was, I can't believe how strong he is. He doesn't even work out, and he's strong. And that's because he grew up on the farm, and so he was farm strong. You know what that's like when you have to actually use a hoe all day long. You build up muscles that us ordinary folks don't have. Well, growing up on the farm gave him muscles. Now, my father's now 80. I think I could take him now. <laughs> because he's not immutable. <laughs> he changes. But our heavenly father is immutable. He doesn't change. In fact, the book of Deuteronomy calls, calls him the says he has everlasting arms. Wrote a hymn about that. He has everlasting arms, so he doesn't grow tired and he won't fail and he's not going to change and so you can count on him. Says he's not like shifting shadows. Uh, when I go to the beach, I have to take an umbrella and then I spend the afternoon moving because you know, the shade moves. Uh, our Heavenly Father does not change at all does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Of course, that's what it says about Jesus. It's true about our Father. And so you can count on him being good to you. Number four, our Father gave us birth. Notice verse 18. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Uh, I don't know about every family, but in many families, parents decide when they're going to have children and how many children they're going to have. Of course, there's some uncertainty about the, about the when and the how many, but mom and dad have some control in the process. Well, our Heavenly Father is the great initiator of our spiritual birth. And it's true in a number of ways. He decided upon the way of salvation. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world. 
He decided on the means of salvation, the Holy Spirit taking the word of God and applying it to our life. And he decides on the timing of our salvation as he applies the word of God to our life. He is the great initiator. Uh, one of the greatest gifts you could ever be given, the gift of new birth. And notice he uses the word of truth to do this, uses the Bible to bring you to faith. Uh, just recently, I referred to Sam Carr's salvation, and uh, Sam Carr was thinking about Christianity, and so his friend had given him a Hal Lindsey book. Which book was it, Sam? Satan is Alive and Well, and then he saw another Hal Lindsey book in the store, The Late Great Planet Earth, and so he bought that one. Did you pay full price? So he bought that book, and he started reading that book, and as he read it, he read 1 Peter 3.18 in that book. And here's what the verse says. Because Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order that he might bring you to God. And Sam had gone to church all his life, but did not understand Christianity. And then as he read that verse, all of a sudden a light came on. The righteous one is Jesus. I'm the unrighteous one. He dies on the cross in my place. He died for me. And the word of God created faith in Sam that day. Beautiful. That's how, he brings us to, that's how he brings us to faith. He uses the word of God. Had another old had a member of this church. His name was Jerry Strickland. Jerry Strickland was a manager of uh, the city of Edmonton and a smart person. And he could never figure Christianity out. He says, I kept trying to think about it and I kept trying to understand it. But he goes, it didn't quite make sense to me. I couldn't figure it all out. I couldn't quite understand how it all worked. He said, then one day I was talking with a guy, and the guy said, you know something? He said, Jerry, I think you need to think about Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. And Jerry thought about it, and he thought, you know something? That's what I need to do. Instead of trying to make sure I can figure it all out and know everything, I have to trust in the Lord. And that verse changed his life. Came to Christ. He uses the Word of God to come into our life and change us. And notice what he says. He chose, he chose to give us birth through the Word of Truth that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all he created. The idea is, is he wants us human beings to be the best of his creation, the first fruits. So he brings us to life, brings us into his family to be the best of creation. Uh, my father always calls me on my birthday. And he says, happy birthday. And then he says, this is also my spiritual birthday. On November 22, 1950, 1955, 
thanks. It's good to have him here to correct, give me the information. 1955, he gave his life to Jesus Christ, given new birth through the word of truth, born again by the word of God. Our Heavenly Father does that. In your bulletin, you have a text today. And if you look at that text, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read from my Hebrew Bible a very literal translation. I never do this because uh, you might forget Hebrew words in the pulpit. But if you follow along as I read. And so after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Hineni, or here I am, or Yes, I'm listening. Go ahead and say something. Hineni. And he said, Take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go by yourself to the land of Moriah and offer there a whole burnt offering on one of the hills which I'll tell you. So Abraham got up early in the morning. Now, by the way, if you were to read the Reader's Digest condensed version of this, the story would go something like this. God tested Abraham. He went to sacrifice his son, and God said, don't do it. We'll put a ram instead. And that's the story. But notice how he draws it out. He wants you to feel the story. So Abraham got up early in the morning, And he bridled his donkey, and he took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he cut wood for the whole burnt offering. And he got up, and he went to the place where God would tell him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place from afar. And Abraham said to his young men, stay by yourself here with the donkey. But I and the young man will go there. We will worship and we will return to you. So Abraham took the wood of the whole burnt offering and he placed it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife and the two of them went together. Isaac said to Abraham, He said, My father. And he said, Hineni. I'm here. Yes, I'm listening. Hineni, my son. He said, Here's the fire and the wood, but where is the sheep for the whole burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide it. God will provide the sheep for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them went together. They came to the place where God told him, and he built there an altar, and he he arranged the wood, and he bound Isaac, tied up Isaac, his son, and placed him on the altar on the wood. And Abraham sent forth his hand and took the knife, to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Hineni, 
Here I am. I'm listening. And he said, Do not send forth your hand upon, against, the, against the young man, and do not do to anything to him. For now I know that you fear the Lord, and you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw, and behold, there was a ram behind, caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went, and he took the ram, and he offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Yahweh Yireh. Jehovah Jireh, or the Lord will provide, Yahweh Yireh, which it is called this day. So it is said, this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. As I read that story, I couldn't help but think of a father and his son doing something together and uh, doing something unspeakable going up onto this mountain, going on this three-day journey, spending all this time getting ready to sacrifice his son. And it all it seems just incredible that a father and his son would go, go on that journey and then that would be what is going to take place. And yet as I thought about it, I thought, you know something? That is trying to also teach us something about our God, our Heavenly Father. Because the place, Mount Moriah, is in Jerusalem. That's the Temple Mount. And uh, that is the place where our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, had a plan. And the two of them together walked down through the ages. And they walked up that Temple Mount. But there was no one to stop that Son from being killed. That father sacrificed his son. Our Heavenly Father put his son, Jesus Christ, on that cross in our place. That is the heart of the Christian message. And I couldn't help but a father and a son walking down through history together with this same purpose to save the world and to glorify God, to glorify the Father. Beautiful. Uh, this morning, maybe God is saying to you, listen, Jesus died in your place. That is the message of Christianity. That's what you need to hear. I think it's what you need to hear today. And maybe you need to say, yes, I need that sacrifice for me. I need to be forgiven of my sins. Please, Jesus, do that today. Uh, I invite you to think about that. Think about the message. He chose to give us new birth through the word of truth. And he did that by he, Jesus, the Father and the Son, walking together to that holy mount and dying on the cross in our place. You have to take that sacrifice for yourself. Apply it to your life depend upon it, and trust in it for the forgiveness of your sins. Let's look to the Lord in prayer.